Hello, and welcome to uh, Social Work Short Shorts, the second um, in this little series of podcasts um, exploring um, self-care and productivity. Remember, I left you last time with Chris Hoy's legs, and I left you with the fact that Chris Hoy works his legs really hard when he needs to work them really hard, and then when he doesn't, he absolutely rests them. He sits when he doesn't need to stand and lies down when he doesn't need to sit because he understands the importance of maintaining his physical capacity in his legs. And what we're trying to do here, because we do brain work, um, is, is maintain our psychological capacity. Okay. Ellie Cannon in her book, Is Your Job Making You Ill, um, says this. Work is a significant part of an adult's life. It bestows our sense of achievement, success, pride, socioeconomic status and self-esteem and is more than just a job for most people. And I think that sums up um, any job like social work where people don't come into social work um, for the money, they don't come into it for the status, they come into it because they want to invest themselves in it. And I think I've said this before, that's social work's unique contribution, I think, um, is not necessarily what we do, it's how we do it and how we do it is is invested from ourselves. Um, it's probably worth taking a moment here and having to think about um, what work means to you. Think about what motivated you to come into social work. Think about what motivated you to take the job you took and work with the people you work with. What words come to mind when you think about work? What does work make you feel like? What would need to change to make it better? It'd be useful to write up that list. Um, and we can have a think about that list maybe when we talk uh, about motivation, which is which is coming up next. Um, I'm not a fan of this concept of work-life balance. I think we should be trying to create a life that works as one life with work that we consider work, the thing you get paid for, constituting part of your life, things that you do that you don't get paid for, constituting part of your life and recuperation um, forming part of your life so you can do those other things. I'm quite lucky um, in that I do a job um, that I get paid for and I get paid well for it and I do one or two other jobs that I get paid well for. Um, I do some things off the back of that that I don't get paid for Um, and I really don't see any difference between the two. They're all things that just need to be done and sometimes as families we do things together that need to be done because they enhance our well-being, they enhance our family experience Um, and then the the other part of that which is part of this self-care puzzle is is recuperation so we need to kind of think about that. So I think you know we're we're trying to get ourselves to a position where um, we have a life, as I've seen a meme on Facebook, a life that we aren't trying to escape from. We're happy with all of those parts of our lives, as happy as you ever can be. I, I think, you know, we need we can't get trapped into thinking that we're going to be joyously happy all the time. We're not. Sometimes things are difficult. That's a great stoic philosophy kind of viewpoint. Things are sometimes difficult, and we just have to accept that. So if life's difficult... Um, thinking about the bit that we get paid for work um how do you keep motivated this is this is one thing that we need to think of and have a look at that list of things you've you've written about work and why you do the job you do and all those kind of things and and think about which of those things are the motivator money might well be the motivator yeah you need to pay the mortgage you need to put food on the table but there'll be other motivators 
um, like uh, you know the, the the desire to help and support people. There'll be other motivators um, like time scales and those kind of things. Those motivators fall into two categories: intrinsic motivators and extrinsic motivators. Intrinsic motivators are the ones that come from within you. So those things like, I want to help people, I want to create a better world for people, those kind of things. Extrinsic motivators are the ones like, this report needs to be written by two o'clock on Thursday, um, or I need to do this because I need the money, because I need to pay the mortgage. Extrinsic motivators do motivate you, absolutely. You know, you need to know when the report's due, you need to pay the mortgage. But what we find is in terms of maintaining motivation, if you can turn those things into intrinsic motivations, then you are more likely um, to stay focused and stay motivated. So for example, rather than the motivator being the report due at Thursday at two o'clock, maybe the motivator needs, I want to write this report to best represent um, my views uh, on this particular service user or this particular family so I can achieve something with and for them. Yeah. Um, so that's how we kind of need to try and motivate ourselves. Sometimes we have things that happen in our lives, don't we, that, that um, demotivate us. Um, classic example for me over the last few years has been team meetings. Um, I find they take a long time. They're sometimes a bit unfocused. They're sometimes a bit unstructured. Um, and I don't think we we often end up talking about things for a long time and not making any decisions. And this kind of frustrates me. I'm a kind of get the job done kind of guy. I kind of, what do I need to do? Okay, let me go away and do that. Right, I've done that. What do you want me to do next? What's the next step? Can we not make a decision about this? We've talked about this for long enough. And and that's not necessarily how, how um, team meetings and the like work sometimes. And I got myself to a point where I really was not motivated to go to team meetings um, and I really wasn't motivated when I was in them. So I shifted my focus. And rather than wanting to avoid team meetings and avoid engaging in them by setting goals like this is going to be you know, a waste of my time, a waste of my energy, I changed to have approach goals to it by saying, how am I going to approach this team meeting so that I get out of this uh, what I need? And you can do that by simply um, finding out, thinking about what it is you, you want from the meeting and going in with your own agenda, um, going in with your own ideas about what it is that you want to get out of them. So if we approach things in a particular way, so if we approach back to extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, if we approach things from an intrinsic point of view, um, we're more likely to stay motivated when we're in that situation. What we're trying to do here um, is create flow. Um, I can't speak highly enough of a book called Flow, um, classic work on how to achieve happiness. Um, it's a great book. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the, uh, the, the author's name. I'm, no, I'm going to give it a go. It's Mahali Sixzent Mahali. Um, I'll probably put a link up there with that, with that because I've probably pronounced that wrong. Um, but this is somebody who has um, invested their life of research into people creating flow. Because what we know is that if we're doing things one at a time, I'll come to that in the next episode, if we're doing things one at a time, if we're completely in the zone, um, focused on one thing um, with enthusiasm and vigor, then we create flow, you create energy and you become and you become more productive, yeah? Um, so this flow state, this being in the zone, 
uh, is what we're going to try and achieve. I'm thinking again of Chris Hoy and his legs, um, because when he when he's on the bike, he's in flow. Yeah, he's absolutely focused on what he needs to do. Um, this this podcast has been recorded on on Friday the fifth of July, uh, 2019. And if you were watching Wimbledon a couple of days back, um, you will have seen um, a young 15 year old woman, Goff, I think her name is pronounced, um, take on one of the Williams sisters. And um, bear in mind, she's 15 and she's up against one of the best tennis players in the world. Um, she had match points. And watching that young woman in that moment, she was completely and utterly focused. She wasn't going to let that slip by. She wasn't going to let that go. She didn't appear to tense up. She didn't appear to get anxious or stressed by that because she was completely in flow. And it's something that they do talk about a lot in sport. And I want to kind of take that idea forward and think about how we maintain our flow in our day-to-day work. Catch you next time.